are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, and I am joined tonight with our fabulous, fabulous, fabulous hosts, Mike. Hello. Wendy. Hello. And Moon Willow. Hello. Yes, the triumphant <laughs> return of Moon Willow and Wendy. <clears throat> Wendy Moonwillow? We all we all need we all need code names. Like I, I don't feel cool. Like Mike is so lame compared to Moonwillow. Mike. Um, Mike. There, it's always a Mike. How about um, <clears throat> No. I don't think I'm I'm not European enough for that. I don't know. Maybe I am. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Uh, before we dive into our topic for this this episode, um, I first would like to address a question that we got from one of our listeners. And um, I apologize to the listener when you hear this episode that it took us so long to address this. Um, it's been a few weeks since you sent this to us, uh, but we, we, of course, got long-winded on our last two episodes and did not have a chance to address it. So the question that came through really was, I think, um, pretty much just, just general advice around working with pendulums as divinatory or as spiritual tools. Um, this, uh, the, the listener who posed uh, this question or sent this question in, um, I think is looking specifically for guidance on how to know that the answers and information that they're getting is correct. Don't use a pendulum. <laughs> Easiest way. I, I, and, and, and I know I say that jokingly, but quite honestly, um, the, the use of pendulum divination um, one is, is, is basic. We learn it a lot in the very beginning of our path and that's great and that's lovely. It's been used in every magical culture and practice for so long. However, sorry about that. Turn off your phone, Austin. Jeez. Um, however, I say as it I'm is, turning off my phone, it is not a reliable source of divination because of natural body movements because of wind and and air temperature and all that other stuff um so but if you're dead set on working with the pendulum then you want to make sure you use the same pendulum every single time consistently the reason being even though i know there are people out there who have 15 20 pendulums for different things whatever that is the reason being you want to use the same pendulum is because you will build a bond and a relationship with that pendulum. The spirit of that pendulum will then become an ally for you and you will be able to trust it a little bit more. Honestly, I guess you'll just be able to trust it more yeah. than if you're just getting, you know, another pendulum because ooh, it's pretty, which, you know, cool buy a pendulum because it's pretty, but I have this conversation with people all the time when they're talking to me about pendulums. I don't use a fancy pendulum. If I'm gonna do a pendulum work, if I'm gonna use my pendulum for a divination, I use the necklace that I'm wearing that day. Chances are it's a necklace I've worn for quite some time. Mm -hmm. It has a weight on the bottom. It works just the same. Okay, all right, so, so that was good information, I guess. That was a very um, long But doesn't really yes. doesn't really answer this listener's question. So, all right, so let's did. let's talk about using pendulums, okay? Um Austin did you did provide some good information there. Okay. We've all had that conversation. We all work behind the counter here in the shop and we've all had that conversation I think with people who come up they buy a pendulum and the first thing they say is how do I use it? You know, and you know, in our opinion of course is 
if you're not quite sure how to use it, maybe maybe you shouldn't buy it quite yet. But you know, but they're determined. They have that shiny thing in their hand. They want to take that home. Yes. Wonderful. So we all give them like the you know here's how you use it, like the quick pet mm -hmm. talk right around. Here's how you use it, right? So so Wendy or Ari, do you guys want to share how, how do how would you tell when you've had this interaction with people? Um, in the shop, in whatever capacity, wherever. Um, what what do you usually tell people like when they pick that pendulum? Like, what's what's the thing they need to do the first time they use it? Well, especially. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, if they're asking, well, how do I use it? I say, kind of like what Austin was saying, um, is you want to connect with it. Okay. You want to ask it how it says yes, how it says no. You also kind of want to ask it some questions where you know what the answer mm -hmm. is. So if you know, like, oh, what are the? Am, am I a girl? Yeah, am I a girl? Am I a boy? Mm -hmm. Basically. Um, yeah. You know, do I identify as this? You know, it's, you want to ask it those yes or no questions and throw in some trick ones, you know, to see, is it answering correctly or is it just throwing, throwing circles? Okay. Because uh, not every circle is a yes. Not every side to side is a no. Okay. Uh, Austin also kind of taught me, too, you want to ask it to show you the directions, north, east, south, west, mm -hmm. to see, once again, is it going to work with you? Um, another thing, too, is I tell them... Uh, don't ask the same question over and over and over again. Yeah. I've seen multiple people do that, and usually at some point it's going to start giving you mixed answers because it's going to be like, clearly you're not going to fucking listen to me, so I'm just going to like tell you whatever you want to hear, and now I'm going to fuck with you because you're still asking. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> um, or there was when I started back when I was little witch, um, I got to the point where it's like I was using the pendulum. I don't even remember if I was asking the same question over and over again, but it was probably the same question just in different phrases. And it got to the point it wouldn't even move anymore. Ah, okay. Um, I had a friend who uses pendulum. She's actually one of the readers here, Hester. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And she used it, and you could see it spinning. And then the moment I touched it, it was like, no. Hester, she's got skill with pendulums, yeah. though. Mm -hmm. And yeah. she uses her pendulum in, in ways that um, I don't really know like a lot of other people yeah. who use mm -hmm. their pendulums like that. Yeah, I won't she's really use really... pendulums for divination. Yeah. What about... Oh, go ahead, Wendy. I was going to yeah. say, the only... Not the only, but mostly when I use pendulums, it's to verify an answer of something I already know. Yeah. If I do a, a tarot spread or I'm answering a question, it's to verify, or I use that pendulum to pick specific cards. Mm -hmm. So... That I, I that's I don't use pendulums as a solo okay. divination okay. tool. I think yeah, if you're I like to that. use it like that, you kind of have to be more at an advanced level. Like, because I do know there are some people who do. We were kind of talking about yeah. Hester, but even still, there are people who use it like more advanced to that. Mm -hmm. But you have to, and that's going back to the connection to the pendulum. You have to really be connected to the pendulum to yeah. you know do those advanced things. So. What about when your pendulum doesn't swing like back and forth or front to back? What if it spins like and like moves in a circular pattern? I think that's that? how it works for the specific person. Yeah. Okay. So I'm okay. a back and forth, side to side. Okay. She's in circles. Yeah. Okay. So circle is yes for me. Side to side is no. Typically. Okay. okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So all right. So let's talk really briefly, and, and I know we've got we've got a whole other topic we want to get into tonight. Okay, but. I think one of the things that confuses people a lot with pendulum work is there's a lot of misinformation. There is a lot of talk out there about how the pendulum can be manipulated by spirits, particularly tricksters, because we all know everyone's so terrified of trickster spirits that we don't know why. Um, oh, God, she loves my shoes. We have one of the, the podcast managers in the room with us tonight, and apparently my feet are delicious. <sighs> Tried to distract her um, with peanut butter, but just Michael's I'm shoes. Gonna, I'm going to, I'm doing a, <laughs> look for my, look for my OnlyFans, Mike's feet on OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> 
We can't taste them, but you if can look Poppy at them. Poppy them, so um, Yes, you. Poppy approved. Um, anyway, um, but I think there's this idea that pendulums have, like, like the, there's an intelligence or that there's, like, an entirely separate spirit or entity connected to a pendulum, and that that's really not the case. I think one of the things that confuses people or upsets people a lot with pendulum use is they're thinking that the pendulum is entirely at the whim of another intelligence that might be inclined to try to deceive them. Um, and we know that's not true, right? The pendulum, like pretty much any other divinatory tool, is really something that's going to allow you to tap into another part of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's another aspect of your own uh, intuition and intelligence. Uh, you know, and so unless you are someone who is in the habit of lying to yourself, um, you probably don't need to worry about it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that would really be, be true, I think, for a lot of our tools, mm -hmm. you know, like being able to develop a sense of trust. Um, you know, if you are really struggling with being able to <clears throat> trust your intuition or you trust your own voice on something, um, that, that to me would almost be a sign that maybe you're not ready to be really like doing divinatory work yeah. or at least really complicated kinds of divinatory yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah, particularly if you don't trust your like like I said, if you don't trust yourself to do divination work and you don't like the answers you're getting, stop it. Just go to go to a reader, go to a reputable reader. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. We talk about like maybe getting a neutral voice. Yeah. You know, um, I I don't use a pendulum for divination. I have, you know, I've used a pendulum also to find lost objects. Mm -hmm. You know, that's With another dowsing rods, it. kind of. But. Um, I actually use it to move energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're so, really good for that. That's yeah, one of the ways Hester like does that. her energetic work, actually. Yeah. yeah so. so, like, I will, um, when I was moving, you know, from my from my parents' house down to Salt Lake, I lived in that room from five years old all the way up to 27. Oh, that explains the smell. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but it had... Um, it had um, it had lots of energy in it because mm -hmm. I'd done a lot of spell work, a lot of yeah, work, yeah. a lot of stuff like that, um, and so I used a pendulum to essentially pick up all of that energy and store it, and then when I got home, when I got to my new house and was getting everything set up, I then used that pendulum. To drop all those in, all that energy and all that wards into place. Okay. You know, um, so so that's one way that I use them. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, I think we've beat that one enough, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay. Hopefully that answers your question, dear listener. If not, uh, please contact us, and, and we're, we'll be happy to try to give you more info. And since we're talking about this, um, again, those of you who listen to the podcast, do not hesitate to submit your questions. We will happily answer those for you on future episodes. Um, as quickly as, as we can. As always, we are also taking uh, topic suggestions, which is where our topic tonight actually came from. This was, again, another uh, topic suggestion from a listener. And I think this is a cool one, actually, and I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised we haven't talked about this one yet, because all of us in this room do this, you know? No. Um, yeah, you do. I've seen you. I've seen you. Um, <clears throat> anyway, our topic tonight is scrying. Okay, so everybody in this room, like, we, we all do scrying in some sense, right? No. We're, we're, we're witches. We're witches and, and folk practitioners and all kinds of other things. And of course, in, in all of our traditions, we, we, we scry, we do scrying work. Um, I think every intuitive person really does in some sense, right? Yeah. Um, but what, what does that mean? So, Austin, what, 
what is scrying? Have you said? Scrying is the art or the practice of looking into something or looking upon a reflective surface to interpret or divine images. Um, Mike is much better with like academic sources and stuff like that than I am. Are you talking like like dictionary terms? Yes. Well, it's old English, and it roots root word is to descry, which means basically to see something far away mm -hmm. or from far away. Yeah, and so that's what scrying really is. Staring at something for divinatory purposes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, most of us probably as children did it when we were staring mm -hmm. at clouds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just that whole sip of like, oh, there's a heart. That one looks like a turtle. And it's like, you know, you'd kind of make up these little things of like what that might mean. Yeah. You know, where it's more now knowing what scrying is, we do have kind of those symbolisms uh, kind of what do I say? Metaphysical dictionary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, for ourselves, where it's like, you know, maybe turtle means something for us. Go at your own pace, or it's like, maybe it's time to be more defensive, or take some time, hermit kind of thing. Eat some vegetables. Yeah, heart. Maybe it's time for self-care. Maybe it's time or a relationship coming up soon. You know, things like that, where it's like, oh, I see the symbol, I instantly think, like, phrases or things mm -hmm. like that come to mind. Yeah. And you can do this with a plethora of things, like not just clouds. So, well, what I are think some of your favorites? even even common kind of kind of tagging on to where you were going with that, um, Ariana. Um, even common um, divinatory processes, things like uh, tarot card reading. Right, tarot card reading has become a really common thing. You know, I think um, particularly you know in, in our community. Um, to sit and stare at tarot cards on a table, if you are truly working intuitively with that tool, you are scrying mm -hmm. those cards. You are obtaining spiritual, intuitive information from the symbolism of those cards, mm -hmm. you know, that would hopefully supplement the, you know, I guess the textbook knowledge that you would have around those archetypal images, right? Mm -hmm. So um, so, so that is also scrying. A lot of people are doing this and not even realizing that they're doing it. Um, so what are some other types of scrying that, that y'all are, are familiar with, that you do, preferably what you do, because you know, we always like to kind of provide an experienced voice on these things. So what kinds of scrying do you, do you guys do that you want to share? Ball, fire, okay. water, black mirror. Okay. Um, All right. What else? Smoke. 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 Yeah. Candle flame. Mm -hmm. I, well, that's the same as fire. Well, well kind of. Kind of. Kind of. When, you're, when you scry with fire, what you really want, because I, I, I scry with fire. I just taught a class on it. Um, what you really want is a flame that moves and dances. And mm -hmm. sometimes a candle flame just doesn't do it. No. You know, mm. it can be particularly still. And sometimes you can totally gaze into that and you can open yourself up and get a whole world of information. I personally enjoy utilizing a cauldron. Mm-hmm. Um, even a small cauldron. Even yep. a small okay. cauldron okay. Yep. Um, filled with the highest percentage of isopropyl alcohol that you could find, or even ever. So rubbing alcohol. Rubbing yes. alcohol. Okay. Um, right. And I will usually put some like rock salt in it just so it can help contain the heat. Well, you also like to burn coven members because the rock salt, <laughs> rocks, rock salt, once rocks. it gets hot enough, will come flying out of that cauldron, and yeah. Sometimes the sacrifice is required. I yeah. guess. Um, and so I didn't want to lose my eyebrows that day. Yeah. Sometimes the sacrifice. Is required. They're they're growing back in nicely though, Ariana. Thank you. Um, um, no more painting them. But 
I like the dancing of the flames. It's almost like uh, an item or an article of fascination. But you're also an arsonist. That too. Yeah. Um, but like the uh, looking into that item or that article of fascination, it allows the person to have a focus, but then open for messages. Okay. So that's why I like working with fire. I will scry candle wax as well. Mm-hmm. I will usually do it a little bit differently because I'll read it as, as it's burning too. So. Okay. Okay. But we can see even, um, like I, I was talking about this in um, one of the scrying classes I taught within the last year and um, particularly scrying involving elemental mm-hmm. um, energies, right? Because we, we, as witches, you know, as psychics, you may not factor or include elemental spirits and energies in your work, but as witches, very, very often we mm-hmm. do, um, you know, and so we think of things like uh, water scrying, mm-hmm. you know, and in the process of doing that, maybe some component of your, your practice or your preparation involves like, I'm going to, I'm going to evoke the element of water. I'm going to evoke a spirit of water in this place to help me to do this more properly or, or more clearly, um, you know, same with fire. Um, you know, we have, uh, Wendy mentioned reading, um, smoke, like incense smoke, mm-hmm. you know, and they call that terrifumi and, you know, when invoking an air spirit for that, right? Because smoke is a representation of air. Um, you know, we have other things, uh, Ari scries embers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, for some other reason, yeah. I have a hard time with fire, but like embers, yeah, I see it a whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, and the thing is, these are all of them practices that have been done for like millennia. Yeah. Like. The, the, I think probably scrying has got to be probably the earliest form of divinatory practice, um, you know, deliberately or not, earliest form of divinatory practice that humanity has. Um, yeah. Well, and when we're working with the elements, when we're scrying, we will also see the different personalities of those elements coming through. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was talking about this in my fire scrying class. Fire will tell you the truth no matter what, whether it hurts or or whether it, it won't. Um, fire doesn't care. It will burn you as much as it will warm you. That's why you like reading with fire, isn't it? Yes. Do you find fire playful also? Fire will be playful, but I also have noticed that fire will be ex- like elaborate. It will be exaggeratory. Mm. It will exaggerate things. Um, so you'll still get the information from the fire, but you know, instead of it being like, oh, I'm seeing a child being born. It's like, there's a child falling out of the sky into a crib. You know? <laughs> um, it gets really strange like that. But then water, I will, I, I see, has a tendency to not just be softer, but depending on who's reading or who is reading it or you're reading for, um, it is almost like, oh, I don't want to hurt you. So water's, <laughs> water's very sympathetic and compassionate. And, and sympathetic and... Sometimes, but, if you're scrying with fire, the emotions of what you're scrying for will be polluted and will pollute the reading. Okay. Okay, but again, I think it's important to clarify that in the process of doing this, it is not necessarily the element that is giving you the information. No. You're getting that within yourself, mm-hmm. so or from, from another aspect of your mm-hmm. own being. So if you're sitting there and you're scrying fire 
and the information that you're getting is coming really fast and hard, mm-hmm. and it's maybe stuff that isn't really being delivered to with too much kindness, chances are that's the part of you that knows that maybe, one, you're full of shit, or you need to grow, mm-hmm. or you need to, you know, um, and there really isn't a lot of patience there, mm-hmm. right? Whereas water may be another aspect of your being that's kind of like, no, you need to heal, and this is like, this is something mm-hmm. that needs to be delivered with a soft mm-hmm. touch. Well, right? I've also noticed um, that water scrying will also want to tell you what you, what you want to hear. It'll tell you what you want to hear, so that way, you're you you don't walk away hurt, you know. But that also will empower the reader or or the person doing the reading or receiving the reading, sorry, um, by giving them hope. And if they're hopeful, they can project that upwards. Okay. All right. So let's let's turn back to to process or maybe types, other types. You know, mm-hmm. we um, so Wendy. One of the first things that you threw out was crystal ball reading. Mm-hmm. So how would you? Explain, or how would you share your personal experience of that, like actively doing that with our listeners? Like, how would you describe that? What is that like? How I practice crystal ball. Yeah, reading. yeah, yeah. Or, or so, how you could see maybe like general kinds of practice even. Um, the way I've learned and kind of um, hodgepodge from other people, learning from other people, um, the best way that works for me is to have that crystal ball. Um, lights very dim and a flame to kind of behind and a little to the right of the crystal ball Um, and through that you just gaze into that crystal ball Mm. and ask for questions and then the images appear in that in the crystal ball okay was that the question you asked yeah absolutely yeah because I I think that a lot of people um, when they, they talk about are we you know we see you know, these images of crystal ball readers, I think when people, they go and they sit with someone like that, you know, they're, they're sitting there and they're thinking that like inside the crystal ball, like all of a sudden, like there's like a movie scrolling mm. in there. Right. And that's not really no. how I find it works. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the images that are coming through are going to be, I think much more abstract. Right. You know, um, and for some people that might be a movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. And they, and they, they usually do, they move through very quickly, yeah, very right? Quickly. Like, like if you're going to read Crystal Ball, you, you have to be kind of like mm-hmm. on it, right? Like you've got to be. And you definitely um, have to get yourself in that trance, that zone. So that's why I think the dimming of the lights and the candle kind of sets the mood mm-hmm. and you really have to take time and ground yourself. And center yourself and focus your energy on receiving messages. Because yeah. if you just go with the ball and show me things, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say, like, all, this is to, to all of you, just just, just kind of, because I want to get your response to this, but would you say that that space that you ideally you need to get to when you're really doing any mm-hmm. kind of scrying, like that, that kind of that mental or that head space you need to get to would be kind of similar to... I always try to explain it to people as I'm teaching this. I, I try to explain it as almost like that same space you go when you're kind of like you're daydreaming. Yes. 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 You know, like where you're you're aware, mm-hmm. but you're you're also open. Things are just kind of flowing. Absolutely. You're in a state. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, because I think a lot of people get confused about that, because we talk a lot about preparation and being able to kind of get your mind in a different space, and they're like, "Well, what do you mean?" You know. Um, and I you think gotta that's, relax your mind. Relax yeah. that third eye. Yeah. And it's a process. It takes practice. It's not easy to get to right away. Mm. It takes practice. I always tell people, too, like, I think any type of scrying, fire, embers, crystal ball, smoke, water, um, well, not even just that, I guess any type of divination, just, like, whatever you see, whatever you feel, intuition, write it down. Mm -hmm. Even if it sounds silly, 
mm-hmm. know, because I know for me, I struggled a lot with like, well, what's real and what's fantasy, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And I know a lot of people ask that of just like, oh, well, which parts are real and which part is just my monkey brain, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, it's kind of all of the above, yeah, I yeah. feel, you know? Yeah. And, and I do recommend, you did say write things down, mm-hmm. actually having a recorder, your yeah. phone, because you don't want to get out of that state to stop and write things down. Mm. Maybe afterwards, but if, as things are p- coming through, if you don't have somebody with you to scribe, yeah. I yeah. found to record on your phone, yeah. on notes, it's so much easier. Okay. Um, yeah. So not to jump in no, on you're you, good, you're but good. I was like, I, I agree because I, that's another thing I am not the best at. Yeah. Like, I know I need to be better. I know this is something different, but I need to be better about recording my dreams. But there's just a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why maybe recording is better. Yeah. Because if, like Wendy said, you're getting all these messages coming through, you're not going to be like, hold on, spirit. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> sentence one down. What, what, what was did you that say next again? <laughs> yeah. It, that's not how that works. Yeah. It's like, you have to either be ready. And I don't have the best memory. Um, you know I don't. Yeah. So it's. If you need to re- be recording it, whether you have someone else there and being like, hey, can you take the notes for me? Mm-hmm. Or like Wendy said, have your phone recording or your old school and have like a tape recorder. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, Got to use our cassettes somehow. There yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> so any other, are there any other um, types of scrying? That, well, we that talked about black mirrors. Black right? mirrors and even yeah. mirrors itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, but mirrors are portals. Yeah, oh, you know, Lord it's, it's the same <laughs> thing. Oh, I just the same thing came to my mind. Let's talk about that a little bit though, because yes. I think a lot of people are. Um, I think that's from what from what I've heard from the communication I've had. That's been one of the big issues or, or fears around mirrors, and people are like, "Oh, you got to cover all the mirrors in your house, and you got to seal all the mirrors in your house with sigils, and you got to do all this shit." And, and we know, we know all of that. <laughs> well, not only is it a matter of time, exactly. Not only is it a matter of time, but it's also it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that. Your your mirror, any mirror you have in your house for it to work that in that capacity is going to have gone through some sort of very particular ritual process. Mm-hmm. Not every mirror like is uh, is an open if door. If you're setting yourself up with that kind of locked space, well, and that kind I of feel fear. like yeah, yes. I feel like spirits would be like, "What are you hiding? Yeah, mm-hmm. like what's what's in the like? It almost yeah. feels like you're inviting them in. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and they don't need a mirror to get into your house. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and so. <laughs> oh, so, get ready. Okay, the well. only time we ever covered mirrors in my family is when somebody passed away. And that is an old folk tradition that happened on my father's side of the family. And so was that was that the, the superstition around yes. the, the soul of the dead getting trapped in exactly. the mirror? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So and I mean that's since passed on since my grandmother's gone. Um, but that's what we did as, as a kid growing up, when somebody passed away, we covered up the mirrors and I didn't know why, you know, but it wasn't to keep the oogie boogies out. Mm-mm. Gotcha. Okay. Well, go for it. Silver backed mirrors. Everyone take a step back. <laughs> silver backed mirrors are the only ones that you're really going to have to worry about. Even in folk traditions, if your mirror was silver back, that was the issue. Mm-hmm. That was the issue. Whereas... The common mirrors that we have today, don't even have a, they don't even have a silver back. 
Yeah, you can still get silverback mirrors, you, but they're very expensive. They're very expensive, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And those are going to be the ones that are probably going to be maybe a little bit more problematic. Mm -hmm. And even then, if you're approaching your craft, your divination, your practice with that level of fear, all that tells me is you don't have power to get rid of the things that you're summoning, which means you probably should be practicing. Okay. And you want to argue with me with that? That's great. If you come back and like, well, things have come through my mirror. Cool. Did you get rid of them? Cool. So you know what's how to do problem? it. What's yeah. the problem? Exactly. Well, and also, what were you doing in that space at that time? Because that's another issue that we see with this, and it takes us back to that topic we've, we've discussed before, where, like, what the hell makes you so special that every spirit out there wandering by is going to go, oh, this is the mirror I got to jump through? <laughs> you know? Like, what happens in your room? You know? Um... Only fans. You know, maybe like my feet. Um, anyway, so um, so that's something else to consider. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like trust me, there are not spirits wandering around out there that are just dying to jump through your mirror and get into your house. Again, they don't need a mirror. Yeah. yeah. They're going to do that. If a spirit um, wants to come into your house, it's most likely going to come into your house. Yes. And if you've already warded your space, you shouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Not only that, but not every spirit that comes into your house is going to be, like, harmful. Like, I think exactly. a lot of people are like, oh, exactly. like every time, Hi, William. Tiniest, yeah. tiniest little spiritual activity, it's like, oh, it's like, don't be afraid. This is, you know, like, like this is your, this is your Nana. Give him a you shot know? of alcohol. Like, exactly. Give him some honey. Like, give him a job to do, man. Well, yeah. if you give him a gift, they're like stray cats. If you feed them, they might not go away. So you do have to consider that. Well, um, you give him a job to do that. Yeah. yeah. But Black Mirror's crying. I think it's probably, I wouldn't say the oldest, but pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty old. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Black Mirror Scrying is in essence basically just water scrying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, that's all it really is. Who's Okay, so, okay, quick trivia, trivia. So who is a very famous, a very well-known, documented uh, seer, prophet, who used Black Mirror Scrying? Austin raised his hand, but I don't, I don't want to hear from Austin. Oh, I don't Anybody know. Anybody else? Oh, no one else? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Austin, fine. You Nostradamus. Yes. Nostradamus. Yeah. Nostradamus. I almost said Nostradamus. Exactly. exactly. You know, and it's interesting because a lot of people think that, like, they hear they hear that Nostradamus scried, and really the type of scrying that Nostradamus was doing was water scrying. Mm -hmm. um, but but the reason, yes, yeah. the reason they refer to it as black mirror scrying was because he would put black ink mm -hmm. into the water, and he would actually read the movement of the ink along the surface of the water through with candlelight. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I just always found that fascinating because a lot of people are like, you know, they don't know how a Nostradamus did it, right? But that's mm -hmm. but that was that was one of the ways. Um, anyway, so I think, yeah, so black mirrors have been around in some form for a while, but I think in more contemporary times, we really only see that kind of, black mirrors seem to me to be very much like a high ceremonial yeah. mm -hmm. kind of a practice. Mm -hmm. Like not so much witchcraft, more like a cult. Mm -hmm. I... When I was going through my Wicca training, I did utilize a black mirror. It was actually part of the particular tradition that I was initiated into. Um, and that is how a lot of our spirits communicated with us. We would open up, we'd sit down, usually the dark moon, um, and we'd utilize that black mirror and we would divine sigils and symbols okay. uh, from it. And that's that's why I have the black mirror that I have now. Okay. So can you explain that process a little bit more for our mm -hmm. listeners, though? So you're sitting in front of that mirror. And again, I think this goes back to what people are often told mm -hmm. by prior generations of practitioners. And where we know that 
uh, we know that over time and depending on the personality, the person you're dealing with, we know that very often these details are exaggerated. That is something that happens a lot. And that's unfortunate because I think that sets a lot of people up for failure mm -hmm. because they don't have the same experience that this person claimed they had mm -hmm. when that person is an entirely different person. They probably used an entirely different process. They are obviously using different tools. You know, beyond that, if they're not honest or ethical, they could be they could be lying about yep. that experience, right? So anyway, so, so can you just explain that to me though, or to our listeners, can you describe like, how did that process work for you? And how exactly did you obtain information from the mirror? It was, it was, it was kind of twofold because I utilized the black mirror um, and you usually want it at somewhat of an angle, but not too much. You need it just enough to where you can see. Usually you would then have a candle and you want the candle off to the side in the back where you're getting the light, but you're not getting the flame in the mirror. Um, and then you'd usually have, does that make sense? Where like mm -hmm. you, the, the, the lights yeah. so, so the can So the candle's not reflecting in the mirror? Yeah. It is, it is or it isn't? It is not. So you it have is. kind of like an aura of light behind yes. the mirror. Okay, gotcha, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, and then usually you'd have incense going. Um, a particular blend is what we used in my tradition. Um, Oh, ancient aromatherapy. Kind of, yeah. Um, Things to heighten your psychic eye. Yeah. Okay. And you would let that smoke kind of move past. So you would be divining not just the smoke moving past, but it's almost like it created this energetic vortex where that smoke would get caught and things would start to appear in the smoke. Mm -hmm. And then you would see the reflection in the mirror. Um, I've done it with just the mirror as well without utilizing the smoke. Okay, so I was just going to say, so are you reading the smoke or are you reading the mirror? Both. Okay. So the smoke would move past and you would see the reflection of the smoke in the mirror and you would read the reflection of the smoke, not the smoke itself. Okay. All right. Um, odd. Yes, I know. Um, but without the smoke you would still get images and it's almost like they would come through in a smoky manner. Um, everyone always wants to see. Everyone always wants to see spirits. They always want to see the things happening. They want that crystal ball with the smoke and awes. They want that. And for pretty much 90% of people out there, probably not even 90%, 99, 98% of people out there, that's not how that's going to work for them. No. And so while I may have been seeing physical images in the mirror, other coven members of mine and other people weren't really seeing images in the mirror as much as they were seeing them in their mind's eye. Okay. And the mirror was almost as if peering into the void. So okay. it was almost a gateway to the subconscious. Gotcha. Oof. Okay. Again, black mirrors are high ceremonial. Mm -hmm. As okay. a Wiccan, you're ceremonial. All right. Well, what about other types of things? I mean, um, maybe things that would be less ceremonial, more accessible. Ariana mentioned clouds. Um, we well, we talked embers, about. It's now winter time. Yeah. So people might be using their fireplaces or fire pits outside. Okay. Um, another so another quick trivia. What's that called when we read embers? What's that type of scrying called? I just do it. I don't know the name. I don't know. I'm just like a pediatrician. Ari, Ari's, like, Ari's like, I don't care about this shit. I just do it. I love trivia, um, but I don't know the trivia. So, so, and, and thracomancy. 
Wow. They call that anthracomancy. Well, that's why we call I know, right? you Encyclopedia <laughs> Brown. Um, yeah, when you're reading Ashes and Embers, it's kind of kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You can read bones though too, because like in yeah. um, I was reading like uh, like the old Germanic tribes, they would very often they would throw bones into fire, and they would actually read the way the bones would crack and Ooh. burn. Um, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Um, but normally after we do a ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a fire pit that we tend to have going, and then afterwards, once everyone disperses, I kind of, like, watch over, make sure the fire doesn't go crazy, um, and then once it dies down, I just kind of read it and see if spirits uh, have any other messages. I also have a fireplace in my home, and kind of same thing, once that just dies down, I'm just like, okay, oh, hey, any messages? Or Sometimes I'm not even, like, going to read it, I'll just kind of go in and being like, oh, a bear! Oh, it just turned its head at me. That doesn't normally happen. I don't normally see movement. Um, I think that only happened one time. I think you I were was there with, with you. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if anything, if I get like images, it's like Austin kind of said, where it's more in my like mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll just kind of once again look for those symbols and stuff, and just either things will pop out. Or I'll just kind of, like, move around and things like that. Especially if it's a fire pit in the backyard. I'll just circle it and see, like, oh, maybe this side has a different thing. Because, you know, there's different... Oh, I just lost the words. But, you know... Angles, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And stuff like that. And, you know, maybe you still got, like, logs in there and it just creates different uh, shadows, lighting, all that stuff. Textures, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so... A couple of times now, as you've been talking, Ariana, you've mentioned something that has kind of brought me back to a question. And I think this would be another really good one for our listeners to get some clarification on. We talked, we touched upon this a few moments ago, but um, just to, to be clear on this. So what would you all say, um, what's the difference when we're doing work like this? Any kind of scrying, any kind of divinatory work, really, what would you say or how would you advise someone on that, like that issue that a lot of people have with the, am I having an intuition or is this just my imagination? I think that goes back to just write everything down okay. because once again, it's kind of, it, in the beginning, treat everything as real, I guess. Uh, to a point. Okay. I only hesitate just because I know some people have mental health issues. Yes. And yeah. if that's the yeah. case, please yeah. see a doctor or a therapist yeah. or psychiatrist. Um, all of the above. Just yes. see all of the above. But if, you know, you're doing this and it's more just that questioning of just like, oh, is this real or is it monkey brain? Mm-hmm. Or is it fantasy? Just kind of treat it as all of the above. Take notes, record it however you want to do it. And then as time goes on... Or, you know, maybe, like, the next night you might dream of something and being like, oh, okay, there's a connection there. Mm -hmm. Um, You look like you're saying Well, a really good example. uh, Frequenter, and I consider consider Christian a friend of uh, of ours, and Christian was a student in my Awakening Witch class. Um, He kept, every single time we do an exercise of scrying um, or divination Mm -hmm. or anything like that, he always saw a flaming toad. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he okay with you sharing these details? Yeah, he shared it with all of us. Yeah. Okay. All right. Too bad, Christian. Sorry, Christian. Hi. Um, He would always see that, and at one point he was like, "I don't, I don't get that. I I don't get that." And eventually, he did figure out what that message was. Okay. So yes, when you're getting images, no matter how obscure, abstract, or fantastical they may be, that's how your brain, your mind, and your intuition is having to interpret it write it down, record it, and analyze it later. 
you see a monkey on a unicorn with two guns and the unicorn <laughs> oh shooting rainbows? That's bad. Write it down. Yeah. yeah. It might mean something. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, let's uh, <laughs> talk about how you would how, how Now you I want to see that. On but. the news, a man dressed as a monkey came in with a horse and held up the Maverick. Yes. Well, and, and you, you can like, like you take go. that down and analyze it. What would the properties of monkey be? Like, research mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. the spiritual totemic energies of monkey would be. Yeah. Research that like the mythologies around unicorns. Research rainbows. Guns obviously mean attack or get ready for war, right? Mm-hmm. They're well, aggressive. And this, is, and this is one of the other benefits in addition to like Ariana says, okay, write everything down, document everything. When he's like record your experiences mm-hmm. in some capacity. You know, and so this is another example of how that can be a benefit, right? Not only do you have something now kind of you know, recorded in a way that gives you the ability to, one, come back to it later, Mm -hmm. if for some reason it doesn't make sense now, or so that you can confirm, was this real or was this just imagination, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you document something this week, and then that thing happens next week, then you're going to know, like, this was actual intuition. Mm -hmm. This wasn't just imagination. Um, But this also gives you time to sit and, and figure that out. Like, what are the associations for this symbol? Because mm-hmm. we understand that when we're working with these things and symbols come through, like, they're not always mm-hmm. literal. Yeah. They're not always literal things. Right? Well, spirit can also be very cryptic. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. things very rarely come literal. Well, so here's the thing. Yeah. There, are, there are three parts of ourselves as witches that we normally work with. We have our higher self, whatever you want to call it. Holy daemon, chrome, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then you have your lower self, which is your primal, that primal self. That is your fight, flight, frolic, or fuck response. And you, and you, oh, okay, yeah. And then. <laughs> nom nom or nom nom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And the two centers that are constantly in connection with each other are the upper and the lower. The middle is doing its doing its own thing. The middle self, the heart space, is constantly connecting to everything in the physical world. It's doing its own job. That's what it does. And so the way that spirit would talk to the lower self, the lower self doesn't speak in full-blown fucking sentences. Mm -hmm. It speaks in primal things. It speaks in taste, touch, colors, symbols. That's how... Temperature. Purple. Mm-hmm. Circle. And it's just like... What? <laughs> exactly. And, and and that's how that works. And it is up to us to interpret that. Because that is still coming from. So spirit might be being like, in the next two weeks, you will be seeing movement in your job place. Yeah. And da 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 And then the lower <laughs> self will be like, running through grass. <laughs> Money. Yeah. Food. Yep. And you're like, What? <laughs> Yeah? Okay. So do you have anything to add to that one? No, that was perfect. <laughs> so I think I, I do want to say one last thing on the concept or the, the, the discussion around intuition or imagination is that for the purpose of your spiritual work, it really doesn't matter. You know, as long as the information that you're getting is something that is relatively positive in nature. And I I, I should clarify that. I don't mean that the information needs to be positive because sometimes we get bad news, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not something that is um, chipping away at your sense of identity or something that is triggering you in a really horrible or, or harmful kind of way. We're telling you, to, it's, telling you to go out and start a cult and kill exactly, people. Exactly, exactly. We're telling you that, you know, you're, you're now a direct channel for the Metatron and that you should go start some light worker bullshit cult. 
um, and charge people, you know, five thousand dollars to spend two days with you. Not all light workers. Yeah, whatever. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so as long as the information coming through is something that is uh, relatively wholesome, I would say, and something that isn't really going to derail you in your day, and taking into account if you do have maybe some issues with some other sort of like, you know, mental health issues, um, you know, then really, to be honest, it really, it doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. In a lot of uh, sorcerous traditions in particular, um, uh, sorcerers will actually teach people to almost rely fully upon intuition or, or imagination. Because in their traditions, imagination is the voice of the inner child or the core of your being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's going to tell you what you really need to know. Even if it's not something that you can really apply in the mundane world, it's mm -hmm. still something you need to know. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, I, I don't know. Just just consider that as well. As long as it's not something that's going to fuck up your life, don't worry about it. Um, or other people's lives. Yes, or other people's lives. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Are there any other methods of scrying we would like to to potentially discuss what about weird okay okay, here, okay. here's a, okay i ask you a question and then i interrupt I you one. okay yeah go for it um because think of things that you have so when i worked in an office i would have a water bottle and i used to do mio because it's the only way i could drink water at the time <laughs> <laughs> healthy um so as i was squirting the mio juice basically in the water i would like watch that float around in the water and would scry that mm-hmm you know, so that's just like one way where it's like you have something on hand and yeah. is useful at the time. Yeah. Or well, and we often teach like again and again and again, one of the things that we always come back to is practicality, mm -hmm. right? Which is, I think, one of the reasons why scrying is one of the oldest forms of divination mm -hmm. is because, you know, millennia ago, you know, our, our ancestors in whatever space, culture, capacity, whatever, um, you know, like there's a puddle of water. What do I see in it? Right, like you didn't need oil a lot, exactly. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. Now, right, yeah. So there's, yeah. What a pretty rainbow. Um, yeah. um, I found using um, um, what's it called? Um, food coloring and water, because mm, ink is, okay. you know, mm -hmm. more expensive. Yeah. And everybody has the box of not every. Well, most people should yeah, have. Yeah. And it's easy. You just, you know, a couple drops and watch it go. Mm. Yeah. Watch it go. Tell there you go. Things. There you go. That's what I used to do. Yeah. I thought I was Ursula when I was doing it. Yeah, right. Oh, how many voices did you still? All of them. All of the voices? Oh, is that why you're so noisy? <laughs> That's why you're so loud, isn't it? There um, can only be one. <laughs> okay. What's a weird form of scrying that anybody in this room has kind of like like seen? I'm, I'm just curious. Has anybody I, had an experience? I wouldn't say weird. Well, I don't mean weird like in a negative way. I just mean like unusual. I swear um, my ceiling. Yes, yeah. I oh, do. Oh, God, too. yeah. Like, do you have like, like, like I the, do too. the textured in ceiling? Bed? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. You get like the, well, the texture. It's funny because it's like I have a little alien right above my head. Yeah. There are times where it's like I lay down on my bed. Obviously, before you go to bed, yeah. you're, you're staring at your ceiling. Mm -hmm. You look at it every yeah. night, most yeah. likely. Yeah. But there's still times where it's like, I look at it, and it's like, something different will appear. Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's like a talking face. It's like, kill them all, Ari. Kill them all. <laughs> no. You guys, I grew up in a house where we had like a, that fake wood paneling shit all mm -hmm. over the walls in the basement. I would sit and look at that crap for 
hours sometimes. Oh, like Aspen trees? I was high a lot of the time, yes. <laughs> but I would do this when I was not high also. And, you know, and yeah, and you just see things like eyes and faces and all kinds of weird shit in the patterns of that wood. Uh so same Fake like wood. Aspen tree, the bark. Yeah. Yes. Just like, Stop looking at me. It's exactly. Quit looking at me. Because aspen trees <laughs> and birch trees. Me or like when I was younger, um, I used to share a bed with my sister, and at night when I wasn't able to sleep, I would stare at her and see different faces. In oh, her. okay. Oh. I don't know. That's awesome. Is that like? It is. Yeah, that's scrum. Yeah. Is that? Know. Would you say that was because maybe like shadows were? I think created so, differently. And the light okay. Would play, okay. But right. I would sit there and I would swear one night she'd look like ET. Oh. You okay. know, <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm like, I like. I know. But but yeah, we <laughs> just stare at her different faces would appear. So I, I guess. Okay. I as a child. I've, I've, have you ever, have, does your sister know this? Have you talked with her? Uh, her I don't know. Hi, Tammy. So, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That's funny. So. Um, actually, that is a very traditional form of spiritualist scrying. Really? Yeah. Spiritism. You would sit in a dark room with just a candle and you'd stare into a regular mirror. Mm -hmm. And basically the idea is that that spirit would start to transform. Yeah, you would you would evoke a spirit. Yeah. And people crazy. I would step all night yeah. staring at her. Well, people like freak out when that happens because you're looking at yourself and you can see yourself. I, I love it when that does that. Where they like you sit down, you go through the process of a ritual to call a particular spirit forth, and, and it shows out. up, and you're like, ah! <laughs> oh, a bunch and of people were doing that on TikTok. To oh, really? Call in one of their past lives. Okay. So they were using a mirror, and I th I can't remember if there was a chant or anything or they said like look at the mirror long enough and then you should your face should change to the point you see one of your past lives oh, okay. and then people would like either say their experience or they'd be like okay I'm gonna try this and then like they're recording but you don't really see the change yeah. you just see them being like oh, oh people will post any kind of shit on, mm -hmm. on social media well yeah. I personally I really like I personally I personally you you it's you, if you say I, you don't need personally as well. I personally. <laughs> Go on. The sodium's flowing. Mm. I, I really like that form of scrying, actually. That was actually one of the ways that I was taught to not, not, not be ridden, but like to channel. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done that with various spirits and deities. Um, I like when I'm sitting at my altar as well, and I have all my candles up, and I'm sitting, and I'm just kind of talking, and I'm looking at all my my statues of mm -hmm. Hecate, and I'm like, her face looks different. Yeah. And it's the same statue I've had for years. And, like, if I evoke Brimo, and I'm going to be doing, like, a hex or a mm -hmm. baneful working, it's almost like she, her mouth has curled into a sinister smile. Whereas if I have evoked Sotera or another one of her more benevolent. Mm -hmm. It's almost like she has a very soft, kind face. Mm. So those are things. But also entrail scrying. So that's, so that's what you experience aug at the nice age of five. <laughs> augury. Yes, augury. That's how Anona taught me. That's she, she read the entrails of a chicken. Cool. She read you to filth. Well, that was augury was a pretty common practice in mm -hmm. a lot of older yeah. cultures. Yeah, um, you know where you would yeah you would read the intel intros of certain animals. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, seeing things in tortillas. There you go. <laughs> <coughs> was it Jesus? Was, was it Jesus? Jesus and my girl Jesus? <laughs> Jesus it's always Jesus tortilla. or the Virgin Mary. I, I love that. That's like like 
Um, well, apparently people have been crying dogs' buttholes. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, have you in, not seen that? In tortillas? No, there's like a specific dog's butt where it looks like uh-huh. that particular Jesus where he's got his arms down and oh. like almost like he's floating down from the sky. Oh. And it's like, the backside I of a dog. I just saw Jesus with my dog's butt. That's like, like m- mildly sacrilegious <laughs> there. Um, that's funny. No, I haven't seen that. The dog's funny. butthole just looks like Trump. Okay, I used to make fun right? of... I used to make fun of the whole, like, I saw Jesus in a piece of toast, mm-hmm. or I saw the outline of the Virgin Mary on a water stain on my wall, yep. and then I go, see, I make fun of that shit, and this is where I'm a hypocrite, because then I drive my ass downtown to the Mary tree, yes. and climb those steps, and look at that, the, the ring cut in that branch, and I'm like, that's the fucking Virgin yes, Mary, and the is. rings in that branch, um, and so, yeah, so I'm like, this shit is real, this happens, um, yeah. How about you? Weird scrying processes. Yes. Um, just at the branch. Yeah, I wasn't really scrying that though. I guess I don't know. It was just kind of like I'm just gonna take my holy water and go. Thank you. Um, but uh, well, because the tree weeps. Yeah. Like it's got water that comes out of it. It's really cool. Um, um, I guess that would be stump water, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. In another tradition. Very interesting. Sorry, I put them on a tangent. Oh. Yes, I'm, ta- I'm tangenting now. <laughs> I'm still thinking I'm, about that I'm tree. Trying, I'm trying to think of like odd methods of scrying that I've seen. Um, uh, okay, it's not odd or weird, but uh, bibliomancy. Mm. I also thought bibliomancy was the most interesting method of scrying. Um, because in a sense, that's what you're doing. You know what that is, right? So basically, so you get a big book, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter what book, you know, it could be Moby Dick, it could be the Bible, it could be, you know, an encyclopedia, whatever. But, you know, and basically, like, you flip it open to a particular page, and, like, mm-hmm. the first thing your eyes settle on, like, that's... The message. That's your message. It's like the cheese of truth. Uh, the what cheese, the I, I don't know what that is. Okay, show the it's another video where someone opens a book and they throw Swiss cheese on the book. Page. Oh, and it's the whole oh, that yeah, highlights the. the okay, you know, I have seen this at some point. Okay, I have seen this at some point. Ariana is okay. living on social media these days. Um, <laughs> no, I get you. Like you get bored, you got to break at work. I get it. Right, that's what oh, you do. It's God. been very um, slow yeah, at work. Yeah, <laughs> um, I always thought bibliomancy was kind of a cool. Yeah. Process though, not not weird. And when I again, when I say weird, y'all know me. When I say weird, I don't anyway. And weird is never a bad thing for me. Weird is oh, always is. weird is always a good we thing. Um, yeah. So normal scares me. What does your weird. alphabet soup say? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. lord, it says boo. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Pasta <laughs> yeah. uh, crying. <laughs> there you go. I could really That's a thing. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Now I want spaghetti. What do your noodles have to tell you, Ariana? Mm, um, next time you want to scry, here's a traditional it. Italian <laughs> method to scrying. Boil your pasta. Everyone thinks that you throw it against the wall to see if it's done. Really, it's you divine that. Okay. That's really not traditional. Please yeah. don't listen oh, to but that. No, but speaking of a traditional Italian method for scrying, what about olive oil and water? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's... that's you use olive oil and water to see if you have the malocchio. Well, you can use that for other things, though, too. A lot of people mm-hmm. use that to determine, like, when and who they make it married to yep. or, or be married to. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other things to use that for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wax so. divination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Into Vader. water. Yeah. Um, yeah, pouring the wax into the yeah, water. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's Read, fun. Uh, egg clearings. Reading, reading the eggs. Reading the eggs okay. and how those yeah. things settle. Okay. Which is not a close practice. 
but the rituals around it could be. Word. Depending on the tradition. In Italian folk magic, it is not a closed practice. However, in some Santero wow. and voodoo practices, it could be. The act of doing it is not, but the particular ritualistic processes around how it is done would be. Get your shit straight, TikTok. No. I'm yeah, I, I don't think no. I don't I don't think the <laughs> the problematic voices on platforms like that are they they don't want to learn because there's no there's no celebrity in that there's no additional followers in that they want to continue to spout the bullshit because the drama attracts people. Um, anyway, all right. Well, have we have we hashed scrying enough? trying to think of other... I was going to say, are there any dirt. culture... Wow, I can't say that word. Cultures that use specific types of scrying. We did kind of mention the egg clearings. Wow, I'm done. Oh, wow. Words gone, Words are hard. Sorry, my primal self is taking over. I mean, every <laughs> culture has, like, some sort of... Like, I think a particular kind of scrying that they go to. But I think so often most of those forms of scrying are all really basically just kind of parallels of others. Mm -hmm. You know, like you'll have, you know, someone in ancient China that will be scrying in this way. And then you find out through, you know, archaeological evidence and anthropological evidence that like, oh, someone in Latin America was scrying in the exact same way at the same time his historically, you know. And so it's just, it's fascinating to see how these things all kind of connect yeah. with us. I think on, on a, I want to say like a, I want to say like an unconscious kind of a level, maybe, or on a higher conscious kind of. I don't know. I, don't know. I hate that term. I hate that New Agers have taken those things from us. Mm, we can't that. say things like high, higher consciousness or vibration <laughs> or you know higher. We can't say these things like that. Or I, I, I struggle with Let's that. Let's take now. them back. I say these things and I'm like, oh, I sound like a light worker. Ah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> the only other form of um, scrying I could think of that I've done, even as a kid, is when you um, stand on the beach hmm. and you're you're standing there and the waves come in oh, and okay. out and you watch yeah. that how that yeah. flows because okay. there's interesting things that form in the yeah. and in the sand beneath as well mm -hmm. yeah. so and the color striations because the there's a lot of copper or even gas in that water mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that changes so i've done that before yeah so I mean, I think you can scry pretty much as far oh, as God. your imagination yeah. goes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. if, basically, if there's, like, a pattern in it, a texture. Yeah. Yep. A flow, an ebb. You mm -hmm. know. Yeah. It's true. Ink blots. Yep. Ink blots. Tea there leaves. you go. Yep. Tea <laughs> leaves. Yeah. That's true. You know, yeah, we are. Yeah. Steam. <sighs> yep. Open that rice cooker. Read it. Oh. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And you, then you got dinner, right? Yeah. 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 Um, speaking <laughs> of, actually, it's funny that you, we talk about not dinner necessarily, but uh, but but timing for these things. I I know that a lot of the time when we're learning to do these things, um, that you know we get we're so uh, eager, right? We get so eager when we're when you know we're enjoying learning something new, and we just want to dive in and do it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I you know I I usually tell students you know when you're actively in the process of scrying don't don't try to go for like hours at a time no. not that anybody necessarily has the time to do that now except maybe Ari because it's been very slow at work yeah um anyway <laughs> but 
Um, but yeah, but don't go for like hours at a time. That's usually not good. Like you can you can really kind of wear yourself. Five to ten minutes. Talk about the guy that came in this evening talking about scrying. What did you tell him? We had a gentleman come in. He's been in the shop before, and he got a crystal ball okay. and has been trying to open up some more of his abilities and focus on it. And really, ultimately, when it comes down to working on any psychic ability, any form of divination, first, don't don't try and become the next Nostradamus. That shouldn't be your goal. Yeah. Your goal should be the best diviner for you. Mm-hmm. And you also need to be kind to yourself. Okay. Master one thing first. Then move forward. You know, there's, we, we talked about this on a, a few podcasts. We talked about this so many times with different people. But, like, everyone wants to see spirits. And they want to hear spirits. They want to be a medium so bad. So bad. And I'm Until like... Until they see one and then they're like, ah! Exactly. Yeah, never mind. Then, you know? But here's the thing. Some people just don't have it. Some people... And that's okay. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Some people well, don't because, well, have... There will be something else that they Exactly. Have, right? You know, people, the, pers- the people who always want to hear spirits or see them are always the ones who I have to kind of look at and go, you probably can't. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And they'll, well, I can feel them. I'm like, cool. So then focus on that. Yeah. Focus develop on that. Develop that. Develop that. Because if you develop that, chances are other things will develop. Mm-hmm. So be patient with your chosen method of divination. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be You're patient. not going to be... Be kind and patient with yourself. You're not going to be Nostradamus. You're not going to be Madame blah, 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 Well, blah, even blah. for me, I have the issue because I... And I catch myself when I do this now, but I used to always compare myself to you. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Obviously. Especially I know that Austin. now. Oh, <laughs> Especially God. me. No one wants but, to be like me. Ew. Like, you know. I don't even want to be like When me. I was starting out, it was just like you were telling me all the stuff you could do. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't wait till I get to that point. But here's the thing. I am never going to be like Austin. I'm never going to be like Mike. I'm never going to be like Wendy. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because I need to focus on my craft. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and also be practical about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had this conversation with Wendy. Mm-hmm. Wendy will beat herself up over tarot. And I'm like. <laughs> Bitch, are you going to be reading professionally? No. Okay, then don't worry about it. Use a book. It's fine. <laughs> and and she would just, she would have these conversations with me. I hope I'm not sharing too no, much. No, you're good. And, and it eventually just got to the, I'm just like. It's like just throwing everybody under the bus. I'm just like, you don't need to be like me. Well, I want to be as good. That's great. You can want to be as good as someone as you possibly can. You can let that be a, a goal somewhere down the line. But never compare yourself. Mm -hmm. I've been reading tarot professionally since I was 16 years old. Since I was 16 years old, you know? Like, I've been doing it in a minute. Mm -hmm. Mike's been doing it longer than me. Uh, It's been like 300, 400 years now. I know. So long. Um, And, you know. Isn't it time for one of your naps? (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. If I'm if I'm quiet for the remainder of the the episode, it's because I'm not. It's because he's resting his eyes. Yes. Um, so, so please, if you take anything from from this discussion, don't try and rush out and master all these things. They're they're awesome and they're super cool, and you can study them. But be kind and patient to yourself. Pick one thing, get that down first, and then maybe do something else. 
Well, I would say, uh, and I think we kind of discussed this before, and I think even in other podcasts as well, if you're going to start any type of divination, any type of scrying, start figuring out what certain symbols mean to you. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at a star and you're like, I don't know what that means, then you're just you're just going to struggle because, once again, a star for me could mean something else for everybody mm -hmm. else in this room. Yeah. You know, especially it's like the number of points that star has mm -hmm. changes it. The color of the star. Mm -hmm. Is it a shooting star? Is it just focusing there? Things like that. So it's like, once again, going back to start your metaphysical dictionary because that will help you tons. Mm -hmm. And just... Be kind and patient. Yeah. Be kind and patient with yourself. Oh, this is becoming so heartfelt. I know. I'm going to... Where's the salt? Gonna, <laughs> salt know, water taffy. I'm going to vomit. Um, <laughs> get a well, the salt, the salt really truly is, maybe you're just not good at it, and that's okay. <laughs> there it is. Maybe, there it is. Maybe you will never... Maybe you will never be able to read a deck of cards, scry a mirror, look at the clouds. Maybe you will never be able to do that. And that is completely fine. Mm -hmm. I was going to say... Then that's incentive for you to find the thing that you can do. Exactly. Yeah. That is incentive for and you. And not to feel bad, because I know a lot of people do that when they go and they pick up a deck of tarot cards, whatever it is, and they're like, I just can't seem to get this, and they feel like a failure. Yeah. And it's like, no, you haven't failed. Maybe that just isn't exactly. where you should I've be channeling so your efforts. I've known so many people, the tarot doesn't fucking work for them. They're like, that's great. Um, no. But then... These same people will pick up an oracle deck mm -hmm. or crystal ball and yeah. they'll just go for it. And then instead of going, you know, I'm pretty good at this, mm -hmm. they go, oh, but I want to be good at tarot. Mm -hmm. Tarot's fucking overrated, y'all. Well, I'll I'll say sometimes it. Ask people, overrated. Oh. Yeah, I would agree. It is it is well, the it's most mainstream. It's mainstream, yeah. it's the most common thing, and and half the time. Half the time, they're not even traditional tarot readers. I'm not a traditional tarot reader. I'm an intuitive tarot reader. I know the symbols. I know my, the my, my, my symbology and mythologies. I know that stuff enough to read the cards. What were you saying, Ari? Oh, I was saying sometimes like when customers come in, they're like, oh, what should I get? I kind of ask them how they think. Like, do you think more logically, like, oh, I'm going to open up this box. Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Okay, done with this. Put the box away. Okay, done with that. And then... Box up, blah, blah, blah. So it's like more practical, logical, things like that. Or are you more creative where you're just like, nope, I'm painting a canvas. Cool. Whatever comes out, comes out. Nope. Um, because to me, then that tells me specific tarot decks that they might use. Logical or practical people might do well with tarot or Lenormand, mm -hmm. where people who are more creative or think outside the box might do well with oracle yeah. or certain types of tarot decks yeah. because it's almost more visual yeah um and so that tends to help people lean to like which one they want to start with first where because uh, they'll be like oh i really want to get this tarot and i'm just like i don't think that's the right one for you like you could still get it yeah um but just because it's like ooh, artwork pretty doesn't mm -hmm. mean like you might be able to it's read it very well to you. Yeah. True. hey yeah, that's true i did it too i'm like yeah. ooh. <laughs> I am very much a raccoon. Oh, you have a lot of, you have a lot of old tarot energy, decks you don't read with anymore like, for the same it's reason. It's true. I I read pretty exclusively with the Wild Unknown. That's why it's the first one I got. Because yeah. <laughs> so. I was like, okay. ooh, shiny. I love it. Yeah. Right. It's so pretty. <laughs> I just noticed the time. So let's, we're, we're going to call it a wrap on our, our discussion on scrying. <laughs> 
Again, Sorry if any, to turn it into the anybody, anybody listening uh, has any any questions or if there's anything we didn't address, again, please please contact us or contact us and give us an opportunity to clarify or answer that for you. So, all right, let's switch to our our closing segment now. Um, what's going on in the world right now that is just fucked up? That we as witches could be using our energy to help beyond just the mundane stuff, right? Because we don't ever want to, in the process of talking about these things, we don't ever want to convey that we shouldn't still be doing the mundane things, right? Mm -hmm. Donating money to organizations, Mm -hmm. calling your senators, you know, going out and beating people up if you have to. Okay, I'm just kidding on that one. Getting your vaccine. Don't get to punch your local Nazi. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. Don't go out and beat people up unless they're Nazis, and then feel free. Um, (laughs) But uh, anyway, but... um, what can we do to support those mundane efforts magically? So who has or who is aware of something maybe going on right now that would maybe need a little bit of a, like, oh, hey, we should, be, we should look at this. No one. Oh, you have one. We discussed something earlier. We discussed, we discussed the, a few hol- the, the dark times, and we also talked about the Oahu. Yeah. So okay. Well, I mean, we if we, we you know if you guys are okay hanging out, we could do we can do more than one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the a lot of people identify it as seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't feel that I have seasonal affective disorder because I like cold and dark places. But I know a lot of people, particularly during the winter you months vampire? where it gets kind of, <laughs> so now I eat too much garlic um, but uh, anyway but I know that you know this time of year uh, you know the time of year that we're seeing in the northern hemisphere right now anyway you know winter time um, can be a difficult one right there's there's less sunlight it's cold we're, we're, we're inside a bit more maybe than we, some of us would like to be um, this, can, this can be a tricky time of year mm-hmm. to add to that we now also have because we're nearing the end thank god of the holiday season <laughs> we're nearing the end of that and i know that for a lot of people after new year's is over there's a real i think emotional i almost want to say like let down yeah. you know it's like we build ourselves up and we enjoy the holidays and then all that extra time off work and time with family and you know whatever else you know um and then once january rolls around it's like oh god Here's life again, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that can be a real downer for a lot of people. So, so looking at that specifically, who who here would have uh, or would like to volunteer? Like, what would you do, maybe to help to alleviate some of that? I've been talking a lot, so I don't want to. Well, I mean, yeah, it would be good to hear from Wendy and Ariana. What would you? Fine. Okay. <laughs> I like my ice cube in my Wendy's, mouth. Yes, sorry, Wendy's Wendy's sucking on ice. Oh. Um, <clears throat> well, I know one of the main reasons for that is it is kind of at like darker times. Mm-hmm. So I would say if there's times where it's a bit sunnier out or something, or maybe incorporate something uh, with sunlight to kind of get mm-hmm. that connection back there. Because I know sometimes it, winter, it's darker, people don't like that. Yeah. Um, or being around a warm place, let just like bring more light um, to you. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, a doorbell just went off, and that yes, normally doesn't yes, happen here. I was going to so. say, yes, we have a doorbell going off in the background. Um, so, let's talk about dark times just really briefly, because I know that the concept of something like dark times, and obviously right now we're talking about, like, quite literally, like, you know, it's yeah. this time of year, it's darker more, you know, but from the perspective of witches, and even, like, I would say other types of folk practitioners, that this time of year is kind of one that we understand to be, like, the dark is necessary. 
Mm-hmm. Like this is a time for us to all be a bit more introspective, oh, to be focusing okay, gotcha. a bit less on the external and the material, which I know can be a nice thing to do, particularly after we finish, you know, consumer season with the holidays, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so the dark times on a spiritual level can actually be of benefit to us because if we do our work, if we do like the shadow work, kind of during the, the, the natural cycle this time of the year, um, that can set us up for better once yeah. the sun starts to kind of come back in a bit more, you know, like we're ready for that, right? We're ready to reemerge, right? Like hibernation of the soul. But um, So kind of anyway. like this hermit period yeah, in a yeah. sense of just... I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. So I would say simple. The simplest thing: journal, journaling. Okay. Um, especially like if you're dealing with the depression part of it, mm-hmm. you know, write down what you're feeling, and then if you're seeing a therapist or psychiatrist or doctor about it, then you can share that journal if you want mm-hmm. to be okay. like the, during these moods, because then that will also help you on a mundane level as well yeah. of moving past that. Yeah. Um. So that's just a simple way okay. to do it. Okay. No, I like that. So. I was thinking more along. I think what you were saying is use this dark time as um, as a tool, as a way to get in touch with more of those inner feelings that you're dealing with, working with your shadow self, because it is the shadow times, it's the dark times, um, and work on those things that... Um, where you're you're alone and you can be solitary and work on you know reading and work on things that you're able to just focus on by yourself you don't need a group of people if you want to work on reading tarot Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or scrying (laughs) Yeah, yeah but i find i mean i myself am kind of in the throes of this as well having the, the seasonal blues um, and making sure that you talk to people. Um, I don't know if this is magically, but um, magical, but talking to people. Um, the voice is very powerful. Yeah, and um, you know, letting people know that you're struggling um, because although... You, you can put on a shiny, you know, veneer. The people that are close to you know it and then can pick it up. And you're not fooling anyone. It's all the time of the couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> along like, along wrong? the lines like, of... What do you mean? And it's like, <clears throat> come yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. You're in a room full of psychics. <laughs> Who do you think you're fooling? Um, so, but along, along the lines of what you were saying, though, Wendy, and I think in looking at the way that we can kind of approach something like that, you know, like the conversation that we could have with the living people, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, our family and our friends around us. I think that that would also be something if we looked at that on a more spiritual or magical level. Those are the same kinds of conversations I think that we can be having with whatever spiritual kinds of mm-hmm. allies that we sure. work with, right? Particularly this time of year, you know, it's when it's so much about, uh, you know, family. You know, and this can be such a horrible time of year for people. You mm-hmm. know, uh, people can be very triggered around issues of family. You know, um, for a number of reasons during during the holiday season. But we, it's good to remember that those spiritual allies that we may claim or work with, or sometimes claim us, um, those are also family, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know, and and family at a different level, certainly. But you know, mm-hmm. but our ancestors, you know, whoever they may be, um, these are also spirits. I think that we can work with or, or maybe appeal to to help kind of give us a little bit of a boost okay. or help us to kind of balance That's our days. Um, yeah. What about you, Austin? All those suggestions are great. 
But they're stupid. Yeah. No, they're all good <laughs> He's ideas. He's got a better answer. <laughs> um, I love this time of year. Period. Well done. <laughs> okay. I love this time of year because it really does help quiet the soul. Though you might be struggling with seasonal affective disorder or, you know, what have you, go outside, if possible, go outside and take a nice, big, deep breath of that heavy, cold winter air. Let that mingle in your lungs and cool that fire. Because a lot of people think depression and they think cold and mm. dark, but really depression is a slow burning fire that will consume you if you let it and so if you actually go outside and you allow yourself to breathe in that cold air and cool that fire within you and balance it out you'll find it really helps uh something that i will have my personal students do um is go outside and feet far apart, like a nice, almost like warrior pose mm -hmm. in yoga. And then you want to take your receptive hand and you want to try and find the sun in the sky. Place your receptive hand towards the sun and then your dominant hand face uh, palm down. So receptive hand, palm up, dominant hand, palm down towards the ground. And you just sit there for a minute and let that energy move through your receptive side into your body, pushing out that crappy, gross, heavy energy that we seem to carry around through the dominant hand, through the projective hand. And that has helped a lot of students. And you can take five minutes to do it. You could do it for three minutes. Um, but those are some magical things you could do. You could also take, you know, get a piece of sunstone or quartz and charge it in the sun. I think that's what I was yeah. trying to go with earlier. But well, everyone, like, everyone goes <laughs> straight to put it in the moon, put it in the moon, put mm -hmm. it in the moon. The moon's light is less harsh. But the reason why the, the seasonal affective disorder really does kick up a lot of the times, other than the stress of the holidays mm -hmm. in the winter, is because of a lack of sunlight. It's because mm -hmm. of a lack of vitamin D. And so if you want to capture that energy, take a crystal out or even your water, let it charge in that light, and then consume it or carry it with you. Because at that point, you're carrying a little piece of the sun with you. That's why I love sunstone. Sunstone Aww. is a very good stone to just kind of like help lighten and warm up the energy and remove energetic gunk. Mm -hmm. So those are some suggestions I would do. Okay. Also, watch a movie. Mm -hmm. Watch your favorite yeah. fantastical movie. Well, those are mundane things. Well, yes, yeah. but getting back if into you the realm allow the yourself to watch a fantastical movie and get lost in that fantasy world, that will give you a break from what's happening on a physical realm, which will then in turn reciprocate in the energy. Okay. I'm going to agree with everything you said just then with one caveat, one buyer beware. If you live in Salt Lake City, Utah, don't go out and breathe the air in winter. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, because we get the inversion here and ugh, ugh, gross. Anyway, okay, all right. Take a drive up to the Take a deep Park breath City. Of that there you go. Get breathing oh. that smog. Oh. Okay, yeah, getting out of the valley is nice. Yes. Yeah, you can yeah. get some fresh air. Well, and that's know, another so. thing you could do, just on a mundane level. 
get up and get out. Go do something else. Yeah, it's cold. It's dark. You don't want to. You don't want to do that. But like, go for a drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go for a drive. Like little we changes. Did that Monday. Little changes yeah. to your routine can be good yeah. too. Like I know a lot of people, particularly if they're really feeling the like the, the crunch of depression, like the motivation to get out and do something yeah. is not exactly. there. So little things Clothes, that you can even I have do. To put those on. Works. Yeah, exactly. But little things, you know, like I mean, I well, find that can kind of help the little to victories. recharge your day. Like, you literally, know? if it's I just got out of bed and went to the bathroom, celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because if we just continuously beat ourselves up, then we're not going to do anything on a mundane level, a witch level, magical, yeah. Yeah, nothing. So, Well, and I think that's an important victory because if you yeah. didn't get up and go to the bathroom, that means you peed in the bed. And then you've got another problem. <laughs> you have a mess. And right. then now, you're, now, you're, now you're sad and you're in soak. Um, <laughs> just how I always wanted it. <laughs> uh, some people pay a lot of money for that, Aria. You, you should... You should uh, <laughs> Think about that. Um, that one of the, the demigods was born from a golden shower. <laughs> um, yes. Oh my God. I need to. I need to look up the details of that story. Yes, because that is a thing. Wasn't it Perseus? Um, um, Perseus wasn't born. From I don't think no. it, it wasn't Perseus. Now I gotta. Now I gotta. Right. I gotta look that up again. Let us know in the comments I gotta, I gotta, below. I gotta get the details. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you are, if you know a god born of golden showers, please tell us. <laughs> If you enjoy golden showers, don't tell us. We don't need to know that. Um, anyway. Uranus. Okay. Uranus. Yeah. Yes. Uran- Uranus. I don't know if Uranus is better. Like, people used to always say Uranus. And then, of course, you know, and because I have the mentality of a seven-year-old boy, every yeah. time I hear that, I go, oh, I'll you're, try teaching you're with the anus. You're anus. And it's Uranus. It's Uranus. And then, yes, but you say Uranus. Yeah, and it's like, urine. Us. Yeah. It's like that planet is just fucked. Yeah, it is. Um, Whoever named that planet. Anyway. Okay. Well, I think I think we're actually going to call it good. I noticed yeah. the time. And um, once again, we've kind of gone a little long on this episode. But um, hopefully our listeners don't mind. Um, anyway, um, does anybody have any final comments or anything they would like to say before we go? Boop. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay witchy. And take care of yourself. Be kind. Yes. Happy holidays, whichever you may celebrate. Happy holidays. Um, yes. Um, and uh, we will be back next week with uh, another new episode. So f- please feel free to contact us. If you're following the podcast, please give us a like. Um, we would like to... Like, follow, of, and share. Yes, like, follow, and share <laughs> so that we can continue to, to build this and, and continue to, to get on here and give people good info. Yes. Yeah. And thank you, Wendy and Yes. Moonglow. Yes, thank you both yeah, so much. I for need being a cool name, well, man. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. We like, yeah, cool like names. our name's Moon Moonwillow. Yeah. Right. Hug. <laughs> hug. <laughs> My pugs are waiting to play with Poppy I, I was I was gonna say right yeah, 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 yeah. You're I know you're you're you've got people waiting for you. Yeah, so right. okay. okay. Thanks everyone. Thank you everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.